PIAA is being recommended not to have false sports, and Zillow is partnering with builder D.R. Horton. Sarah Timon's here on Tool Time. We're going to break it all down. I'm Tom Tool. She is Sarah Timon, sometimes Sarah Timon Hogue, depending on what day you catch her. Very funny uh, inside joke here. So Sarah's pitching in for Jess. This is tool time. Thanks for coming on, number one. Thanks for stepping into the show here. So we're going to get right into what's going on. Breaking news literally today, Governor Tom Wolf came out and said PIAA under his guidance, that's the Pennsylvania uh, Athletic Association for High School Sports, he is recommending no sports until January 2021. The association was apparently blindsided by this, and they're having an emergency meeting literally right now. What do you think about all this, Sarah? I mean, it's it's crazy. It's, it's definitely interesting that there wasn't a lot of discussion about it prior to it coming out and that the decision was just made. Um, you know, I think it's important that people do kind of put their foot down and everybody is consistent in what you're doing. So... You know, that makes sense that at least now they're kind of putting a plan in place. But it is interesting that it wasn't really discussed much prior to them coming out with with that decision. So you bring up an interesting point here that no one discussed it, right? This has been the every time something happens in Pennsylvania, like nobody knows what's going on. There's no transparency. There's no decision making. I mean, you've got schools figuring out if they're going to go back. And now he's talking about sports. And there's no guidelines. One of the issues with the schools closing um, or not closing is there's no protocol if a student or a teacher tests positive for COVID. So it's another example of like Monday morning quarterbacking where they're making these decisions with no plan in place. And then it's left up to the districts and counties and townships and whoever to figure it out. I think that the unfortunate part is like these kids, like a lot of these kids are banking on getting scholarships to college and and, like all of a sudden they can't play now. That's going to dramatically affect what happens after 2021 into 2021, 2022. And a lot of these kids' futures are getting messed with. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even if you were in a position where maybe you wouldn't quite be ready to be picked up by a college team yet, taking a full year off is going to affect how competitive you are and there's, yeah, there's a lot of factors that are going to go into it. Well, so you went to a big sports school, right? Clemson is an ACC school. I mean, you know, monster football program. I, I went to Syracuse, which is not a good at football, but they have sports there too. And, like, that's a big year for these, these athletes coming out. And a lot of them bank on that to get into better colleges so they can get a better education and end up having a good career. So that's the unfortunate thing about all this. There's no talk about safety protocols. And, you know, some sports, like golf is in the fall. You can play golf. They're allowing golf in the state. So, you know, football, probably a different story. Right. So, you know, that, that, that's the frustrating thing here with this guidance. But then there's, there's no decision, and now they're left scrambling. And this is when a lot of these sports start up. Right, yeah. So, like, you know, seeing, like, the college sort of athlete and, and how that goes, I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, my guess is I think they're going to probably try to start, and then I think there might be some cancellations. Yeah, I mean, I think – it would probably also have to depend on what a majority of the other schools do and the schools that they would be playing. Um, if uh, most people or most colleges decide to shut down their program and then your college was still going to continue to do it, but you didn't really have people to play, I mean, that would that would be difficult. It would be great if there was just a, a standard that was put in place and it wasn't a individual decision um, and 
it was clear as to what was being done. And then also, like you said, having a plan in place if, you know, anybody tests positive, um, just having guidance for what happens next. Well, you look at the situation and the fact that they there was no protocol for if someone tested positive, it's kind of like what happened in baseball, right? So if you look at what happened in baseball, and, uh, you know, I know you're somewhat of a sports fan. Jess has no idea when we talked to her on the show. Uh, but, like, the, the Miami Marlins went out for a night out in Atlanta, got, like, half the team tested positive. Their manager is, like, they're, they're bringing players in. That's really irresponsible, and there was no protocol for – Okay, you tested positive. Now what? It was like a players' meeting, and that—that's. I mean, you know, this is not something that's meant to be messed with. You look at the NBA or the NFL or these other places that are having sports. Now, granted, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. They're bigger industries. There's not been one positive test in the NBA bubble, so that's awesome. But I mean, there there has to be like a protocol. They're getting tested two, three times a day. There was a guy on the Sixers. He missed his test, and he can't play now. And yeah. I mean, he was a bench player anyway, so who cares? But the point is, like that—that—that's yeah. the kind of thing they need at all these places. Yeah. So interesting stuff. We'll see how this goes. I mean, this is a really developing story here. Um, I know that uh, Brian Taft from Six ABC. He came out and said it was just like they were totally blindsided by this. They had no communication. So just and that, he's a—he's a pretty good reporter. He's on uh, Six ABC. He's one of the anchors there. So very interesting. Next topic. Sarah, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this one. So Zillow announced last week. So we're always talking about Zillow. They announced last week that they have a partnership with home builder D.R. Horton uh, that is going to allow buyers of new construction homes to sell their current homes right through Zillow using Zillow offers. What do you think about all this? Yeah, so I mean... It's interesting for somebody that is purchasing new construction and just trying to line up all of the details with selling an existing home um, at the time that you'd want to be closing and move into your new construction home on top of it, you know, having a global pandemic and other things (laughs) that come into play here and can can hold stuff up. I mean, new construction has a million obstacles, uh, things that can come up when selling your home. um, You can't always foresee everything. So it's really great to be able to have the option of, okay, we're just going to sell it to Zillow. They give you, I think, an eight-month window that you can close within. Um, It gives you a lot of flexibility to really line up um, leaving your old home and moving into your new construction home. Um, But there's going to be a cost there for that convenience. So if you were, you know, the most concerned with getting every possible dollar out of the sale of your existing home, um, it might not be the way to go if you are willing to take on that additional stress level to to save a couple bucks. Um, but if you're in a position to, you know, not really care about the the fee that Zillow is going to charge to do that, it's it's a great way to kind of avoid some of that stress. This is a really good assessment because there's like when you look at an agreement and, and a sale, there's price and there's terms, right? Mm-hmm. So the terms here for buyers with, with and, and any of these i buyers are going to be the same way you don't have to deal with the hassle you don't have people coming through your home you're not having to prep it for the market this stuff is not easy right i mean we have clients that go through it all the time it's a lot of work you got to make it look like you don't live in the property so for those reasons that can be appealing and not everyone's going to want to go with the zillow offer because they're going to have to leave money on the table i mean zillow what they do is they have their you know and, and this is any buy buyer they have a buy box are they going to fit into it? Does it meet certain criteria? They look at like age, you know, where, where the price point is, all that stuff. Because Zillow is going to turn around and sell that home again. They're not going to hold on to it. They're not looking to keep this on their books. So there's going to be a criteria, number one, and they're going to be willing to buy it at a certain price. And then they're going to want to 
uh, you know, flip it and turn it for a profit, which is totally fine. Legitimate business model. I don't have an issue with this. It's for the people that don't want to deal with the hassle. Now, if you want to get the maximum price for your home, this is probably not going to be for you. Uh, the, the most interesting part about this, and, and you, you hit a really great assessment of the option, because new construction, like you don't know when the home's going to be done. There's issues that come up all the time. I mean, look at what happened with the pandemic. Construction was shut down, so delivery dates were getting pushed, and all this stuff was happening. To me, this is another example of Zillow looking to put people out of business. And I have no problem with it. They are going for global domination. I am definitely in that camp with our own business here. This is them saying, we're going to partner with a builder and we're going to take the lead on this and give consumers a better option. And DR Horton is no small builder. Like This is not like the local builder that does 15, 20 homes a year. This is a national company and it's going to make it easier for home sellers. People want to hit a button on their phone and things happen. Like This is the culture we live, especially now. So this is another strategic partnership with Zillow uh, that is eating into, hey, we're going to put some of these smaller agents out of business that are individual practitioners, and we're also going to deliver the consumer a better experience, which is in line with their values. So this to me is, it, I, you, you bring up some great points on what's good for the consumer. This is Zillow just continuing to further their business plan of becoming the Google of real estate, which they already are. Absolutely. So very interesting stuff. We're gonna, I'm wondering if they're going to have any more partnerships. Like, I think that's the I interesting thing that will happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but like Toll Brothers is obviously the big builder around here. They have their own sales staff. DR Horton used to outsource this to other agents. So I think it's going to depend on the builder's business model in a lot of cases. But th this was this is a and big it may, deal. It may depend on how, you know, what the response is to this. And then they'll kind of take it, take it from there. Good stuff, Sarah. You're doing well on the show here. She wasn't nervous. Don't worry, everybody. Um, so we got a quote to wrap it up. So this comes from Simon Sinek. So he, if you don't know who he is, I mean, he's talked a lot about Wise, and he's a business author. He probably has delivered the most memorable and famous TED Talk of all time about finding your why and what that looks like. So great thing to check out. Um, he wrote a great book, Leaders Eat Last, about teams pulling together, others don't. So here's the quote. Great companies don't hire skilled people and motivate them. They hire already motivated people and inspire them. What do you think about that, Sarah? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you can teach a skill. Um, but and if you're motivated, you will, you'll figure out how to make things work. If you have the right attitude, you'll figure out how to make things work. Motivation is something that you can't really teach somebody. Like, you, you have to be motivated as your personality type. Um, and then from that take on the skill, take on uh, what you need to learn to be successful at the job. So, Great take. I, I love this quote because, you know, I look at it at, at like at our business, right? Like we're in sales. Like you don't, great salespeople aren't made. They're found and they're found because they have serious motivation to perform. It's not about saying the script right. We've, we can all learn scripts, right? Like there's a million script classes. You Google it online, the scripts are there. It's about having the drive and the motivation, like you said, and also the discipline to deliver a certain result and come through. And, you know, it, it, to me, leadership is not just, uh, you know, you can't, you can't motivate people. You can't do it. People are either going to be motivated or they're not. But inspiring them to hit another level or see what's possible, that to me is what leadership is all about. Because a lot of people don't get that. They see what goes on. They see these people that are successful or it looks easy to them. And they don't see all, like, the 20 years of hard work behind it because they were motivated and they just finally broke that glass ceiling they were trying to get to. Right, and that motivation is what's going to push you through some of the failures earlier on that will eventually get you to 
to where you want to be. So well, yeah, fail fast, fail forward. I mean, you've heard that a million times. So that's uh, Cynic knows his stuff. Big fan of his. Great show today, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. on. See if maybe Jess will be willing to let you come in a little more. Uh, <laughs> so we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.